press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. You know, I almost said in New York City because we're in New York City. I know, and Dylan, you're a little close for comfort. I know. Get away from me. See, well, I guess what maybe Kelly doesn't know is that normally we record in different places. I'm in New York and you're in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. So you're visiting me for a little bit, for a little extended Broadway tour, tour de Broadway and off Broadway. Yes. And we're recording it's, together, which is so it's fun. It's fun. And I also don't have to worry about talking over you and the audio cutting out. Because oh, right. We're on the same line for a change. It makes me miss in-person stuff. I know. Although I don't know to look at you. We never or I should look at the screen. It's a, it's a jarring experience. Do I ever look at you? Anyway, I don't think so. Um, we're having so much fun in New York. Yeah. We- highlights so far include seeing which way to the stage, this brilliant play that at MCC. At MCC. Obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed. And more on that later, we listeners. Can, yeah, yeah. Everyone should try to go see that if they can, because you've got the rest of April and all of May to catch it. And yeah. it is my favorite play I've ever seen. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's a, it better, ne- better than The Inheritance. I mean, you ne- loved- I was never bored for one second. Right, and that's a, that's is, a tall... Is that is that a, a benchmark for figuring out if it's your favorite play? Is that the Bechdel test? I'm just kidding. That's not the Bechdel test. No, but what kind Litmus, of test is Litmus. it? Litmus test? We'll figure it out. But Rick. yeah, we also saw... Uh, Paradise Square. Yes, Paradise Square. We saw For Colored Girls, the play. Beautiful. And we saw Jersey Boys. I know, I know. Well, which well, you got to see before it closed. You, and you'd never seen it ever in it's, like almost 20 years that it's been. And in my quest to see every best musical Tony Award winner, that was one of the only ones of the last 20 years I haven't seen. So really? Yeah. I want to hear the rest of your list. The maybe, other maybe ones from the 2000s Patreon. are Contact, which one in 2000. I don't think we'll ever see that again. Oh my god! I've the never producers never seen it live on stage, and that's it. Wow! Yes, yeah, so there's just wow. two. More. I, know, I know. I'm so glad you saw it then. I know. We still got to. some more fun stuff coming, and we'll talk about it on the pod. We will. We mm-hmm. will. But we have a star with us today. I know, and I am so excited because yeah. I actually, in doing research, realized that I've been a fan of this person more than I ever even knew. Yeah, because he's in everything. Yeah, and has been in everything and, sort and of continues the, to be the, the last you know as we lived back in cleveland ohio during the pandemic we found we'd have these traditions with our parents where we'd watch a series right right, right, he right. Was on two of those right the first being the sopranos right right and then the second one he had a bigger role and that was what you watched with them just before moving back to the city and that was the americans the americans so. which one of the best tv series to ever exist and we're going to get into it and yeah. more let me read him in first please do i'm i'm so ready to yes. chat our guest today has been in all of your living rooms for years and years on your television you'll surely recognize him from his iconic role as dollar bill on the showtime series billions alongside our friend of the pod sarah styles as pastor tim in the aforementioned the americans gary stamper on house of cards or as warren sloan on the bold type in its final season other tv 
credits include The Blacklist, The Slap, Madam Secretary, Person of Interest, The Following, The Good Wife, Elementary, Blue Bloods, Gossip Girl, The Original, White Collar, The Sopranos, Without a Trace, and many Law and Order episodes in their extended universe. <laughs> On film, he's appeared in The Post, The Good House, False Positive, The Kingdom, Julie and Julia, and more. And on stage, he most recently starred in Manhattan Theater Club's Lost, Long Lost. He made his Broadway debut in the Denzel Washington-led revival of Julius Caesar in 2005 and has since appeared in Copenhagen of Goodstock and was part of the Drama Desk award-winning ensemble of The Wayside Motor Inn. You can currently find him on Apple TV's We Crashed and starring on The Girl from Plainville as Scott Gordon, the Fairhaven detective who is head of the Michelle Cotta investigation alongside our pal Colton Ryan and our Wish We Were Pals. Elle Fanning and <laughs> Chloe Sevigny. What on earth is he doing on our show? Please welcome to drama Kelly O'Coin. Hey, how are you? Oh my God. I just like based on your minute and a half intro, I have like 15 things. First of all, Cleveland, Ohio, I went to Oberlin uh, College. Yes. So I, I know that area very well. Second of all, I just want to, every time uh, Sarah Stiles is mentioned, I just want to melt. Um, the also, yeah, the best. And the uh, contact. So I never saw contact. Oh, but okay. I was a, aware of the the woman with the yellow dress. Was that the character? That's who it was. I was in a an extended waiting room at AV Coffin Casting one time with a gorgeous, funny, amazing woman. For like 15 minutes, we were sort of stuck there talking and laughing. And I was like, I think you're the most amazing person in the world. And what have you been doing? And she told me, well, I'm... I'm in this show called Contact, mm-hmm. and, and it was the woman in the yellow dress. I don't even, right now, because I never remember names, I don't remember her name, but she was amazing. <laughs> she was brilliant, and she's a lovely human. Yes, and I can't help but wonder if that yellow dress was paid homage to in, in La La Land all those years later. Oh, fascinating. Maybe. Well, Kelly, you're a Broadway boy at heart. Yeah, you Kelly, do you but- sing? I, I used to sing, but um, early on, all I did was was sing, essentially, through high school and maybe early college. And then I got on this deeply misguided track where I thought, no, it's just fucking mammoth, man. Like singing's <laughs> not real. That's not real. And it's such, it, oh my God, it's so deeply misguided because it's almost completely the opposite, at least with that particular name. Sorry. Right. I mean, look what happened there. recently. I mean, he's got his own. His own oh, yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, my, I mean, I can still sing. Uh, my voice is definitely atrophied. Randy Graff is a friend of mine and she, I took one of her classes uh, that was trying to help actors who had voices to learn how to actually sing. And she tried to encourage me to get back to it. And which felt like you know, if, if Randy Graff says I could sing, then I should be able to do it. But right. I, I haven't pursued it. Because you sang on Billions, right? I did. I, I have no idea why they had me sing. It was a song <laughs> called Atlantic City by Bruce Springsteen. I grew up. Mm. I was a fanatic. He was one of my heroes. And that particular song was great because it's a great song, but it's also not one of the huge hits. So only those sure. of us in the know really knew how good it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got mm-hmm. to, to sing and it's like, oh, I still can carry a tune. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very indulgent. Yeah. You just gave there. And I really appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. It was, that was fine. No, yeah. My favorite Springsteen is Thunder Road. <laughs> oh, well, it's that's storytelling. Right. That's musical theater. Exactly. There could be a, there should be a play, ba- a musical based on that story. A hundred percent. Oh, it's so good. It, it makes me feel things deeply. And that's what we're all looking for. Isn't right? that what art is supposed to do, Kelly? You know, right? really make right? us feel. And roll down the window and let the wind blow back your hair. Come on. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Where are those graduation gowns? <laughs> um, in, in rags at your feet, right? That's right. Yes. Look at you guys. Wow. wow. You know the boss. Well, listen, Kelly, we're so excited to have you on here. I apologize if I 
stumbled it all over any of your credits. There were just oh, so many. It was alphabet <laughs> soup over there. Do but... you remember doing any of them? <laughs> <laughs> At my age, I barely remember what I did yesterday. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it, it's, I feel like it's still a slog and it's still, you know, we, I still scratch and scrape for, for gigs, but I, I do, I, I am proud. I'm proud to have made a, a life in this business on both screen and stage. I'm a jobber, you know, I'm a, I'm a blue collar actor person. I, I appreciate all these gigs. I appreciate yeah. the small ones that, that still stick with me because there was something fascinating to do or a great person I met on the set or this is not what you asked. And now I'm waxing oh, poetic, but I want to do this for the rest of my life. I was, I, I don't want to ever retire. I, I want to be, I want my finger in, in something. HR um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for the rest of my life. I'm sorry. Is this a family show? No, well, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. We're no. explicit rated on the Apple podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell I, in my research that I was doing about you, I can tell that you love acting. Mm-hmm. You love it. Oh, yeah. I do. I love it. A hundred. I absolutely love it. And I love ev- everything about it. I love the actual acting. I, auditioning is okay now, but that's by far not my favorite part. But I love rehearsal. I love when we're, I'm doing a, a theater piece. I love tech. I love being in a fucking crappy theater yes. where you, there's no Wi-Fi or cell service and you're stuck doing 10 out of 12s for a week <laughs> and you can't get service. So you're just, you just have to be bored or talk to each other or lie on top of each other and everyone's <laughs> kind of sweaty and it's i love it I, I i think the purest maybe not artistic moment but <laughs> the purest career type moment work moment for me is tech in uh, a, a play that i'm doing i a hundred percent love that and i know i'm in the minority well it's an exciting time because yeah. it's about to happen you're about to share it yeah. with not just each other but with everyone and the fear that because you may have gotten to a certain place in rehearsals and now you're going to leave it for a week and it's not about the actors anymore it's about everybody else and it's all going to fall you're afraid it's all going to fall apart and it does mm. but it falls apart in a way normal most of the time that actually is essential for finding the next step yeah because the remnants of everything that actually that you built that actually are important are still going to be there and that and everything else kind of falls away the preciousness falls away necessarily because you're away from it for a week and then you come back and you have an audience uh, a dress rehearsal and an audience and it's that time away that fallow period is actually extremely important now what what is your yeah. preferred type of director just i'm thinking about like for theater uh, that's hard to say a uh, uh, multiple choice would be yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, do you like a director that gives you more freedom or tells you exactly what to do really uh, uh, exactly what to do is very hard there's there it's it's a mix of styles I, I i love a director who know who i know knows exactly what they want but are open to what I'm going to bring because on a certain level, why else would you cast me? You could cast anybody if you're going to mold them into literally exactly the, the, the shape that they are, are thinking of. That's interesting. I want a director because I, I'm excited by discovery in the room and working with other people and playing ball. But I also want, I, I love a director who is excited by the discovery and other people's discovery. The only award I've ever won, the only acting award, of, a theater award of any sort that I've ever won is an ensemble award. It was a drama desk special award for outstanding ensemble for the Wayside Motor Inn. And I mm. cannot express how 
proud that makes me because the ensemble for me is everything. And that means listening, playing. And the director was 100% a part of that, uh, Lila Neugebauer, 100% a part of that ensemble. So I like a director who has a very strong hand, but who is excited by what you bring to it. I like a director who wants to argue, not looking for argument, but is willing to argue, not fight, but argue. And be open to listening enough so that he or she will say, oh, okay, yes, I get that. And also, because I like to, uh, there are many times, it was a uh, director, uh, Lucy Tabergian, if you know her, she's a wonderful, brilliant director. I was doing the West Coast premiere of uh, Blood and Gifts with her. And we were hashing out something and we just, it it was, we really were going at, we both felt very strongly (laughs) about a moment. And at a certain point I said, no, but he just, he needs this is the moment where he finally gets to relax. And she finally, she was like, ah, ah, no, this is the moment where he desperately wants to, but still can't. And, mm-hmm. it, and this won't make a lot of sense out of context, except that that was exactly what I needed to know. She was hearing me. She understood what, what I was realizing the character needed, but there was one element that I was missing. Anyway, it was a, a I like the conversation, even if the, the conversation gets heated. If it's TV, sure. what the one thing about directors that I, I think I, I sometimes chafe at is, if, especially if you've been doing the role for a year or so, or a year plus, I do know the character better than you do because mm-hmm. directors are jobbed in. <laughs> right. Don't get in my head. I really need more technical stuff faster or maybe try this, uh, more technical notes to help me sort of hone something or an idea, but not like, hey, you know, this is where you've been. It's like, no, I know that I actually played that last episode. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, and is that in, is in the process of multiple takes where you discover that or is it is there sort of a it, it's usually because we don't get really any rehearsal with tv it's the takes and a lot of times you, you can't really act full out in in the two rehearsals you get because you're just trying to figure out where you're moving in space and then you do it a second time once you figured out the blocking you do it a second time for um the crew who wants to know how to light it or um uh, where the boom mic can go, maybe the director might say, well, remember the stakes are like this. And you kind of want to say, yeah, I know. I, I literally <laughs> am just trying to remember what we, what, where we said I was moving. But right. once we start take, doing the takes, the director, I, I actually love a director who's like, okay, great. I love that. Now try it. Like you really just, you, you're going to, in the back of your brain, you're like, I'm just this close to punching you in the face. And it's like, oh, okay. I don't understand it, but yeah, good, interesting idea. Or mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now you're doing it as if, my God, you want to kiss that person. Uh, you know, not specific, ex- not necessarily exactly like that, but but something where they understand you know the person and they're throwing you ideas of actions. And I, that that can be really exciting. That is exciting. Wait, I'm, as you're talking, I'm realizing I have so many questions about different projects you've been involved <laughs> in. But before before we get into that, it's April 2022, against all odds, you know, summer is coming. Kelly, you're in multiple TV projects that are airing on streamers right now. How do we find you? Are you, are you well? I'm, I am, I'm healthy. Thank you. My family is all healthy. My wife is healthy. Last year was a bit of a blur. It was very busy, which was great, but it also was coming out of COVID. I, I spent a year where I literally did nothing. An entire year from the last episode of Billions, which was uh, March 12th, to my first episode back, which was March 10th of the next year. Nothing. I know a lot of people had a lot of Zoom projects. I had nothing. 
And so coming back was a thrill, but I don't think I took care of myself. It was just work, 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 and hey, revel in the fact that I'm working. And I think I was exhausted most of the time. This year, I think, well, I was about to say I have more balance, but I think the reason I have more balance and time to sleep is that I actually haven't worked much since December. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's airing now, so everyone thinks I'm extremely busy, but um, uh, I've probably worked maybe a total of two weeks this year, so it's easier. I don't know. I think, like everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the state of the world. I'm worried about uh, the state of our, our business, particularly live, uh, live theater, mm-hmm. but I'm thrilled and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled by how much is out there. Uh, we're going to see Oratorio and uh, Ars Nova yes. in about two weeks. And actually I'm, I'm prepared to weep my eyes out apparently. <laughs> so it's can't wait. I mean, I don't like to like tease things too much, but it's yeah. beautiful. Oh, it's good. a, it's a, you can't, it's a can't miss type of art that's happening right now. So I'm super excited that you're going to go. Yeah, I'm really excited. And we're going to see the McAvoy at BAM, the McAvoy um, Cyrano, Ooh, yes. which I'm excited about. I haven't seen that much theater, but but God, even even the things I've seen that are not great are glorious, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> we're just back in rooms together. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how to answer your question. Actually, how do we you find me? I think I'm uh, I'm in flux, but um, mm. and I'm up and down. But but overall, I'm 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 thrilled that we're all at least back and trying. If that makes sense, I Absolutely. appreciate your answer completely. Yeah. It's you know it's it's honest, and you know there's sort of sometimes I think this glossy sheen that people like to put over the business, and everything's great and everything's <laughs> fine. And I think post the first lockdown, I think we're all you know, sort of reeling with this idea of it's okay to be authentically honest and who you are and what's going on. Yeah. And, I mean, I completely feel that too. You know, it's, you're, you're definitely not the only person going through that flux. And you're seeing a ton of theater. Uh, you're, uh, um, you're in town yes. seeing a ton of theater. How, do, how does that feel for you? Is this the first time you met back in New York post uh, pandemic or? Um, for a long period of time. Yes. Cause I lived here for about four years. And so it's a lot of feelings to be honest uh-huh. with you, a lot of nostalgia and what I left behind and what's still here and whatnot, but it has been just joyful. I remember thinking during the lockdown, I'll never take for granted theater again. I'll never say, Oh, I can't go out tonight. Cause I have to get up early tomorrow. Like right. I'm just saying yes to everything because you know, it, there is only one life and you got to just within reason. Yeah. Soak it all up. Yeah. Kelly, you were saying even the things that aren't great, you're still enjoying being at the experience. I've had that same reaction where I've been sitting at a theater and I'm like, okay, it's 8 p.m. I worked all day, blah, blah, blah. I'm tired. I'm why am I here? I could be home watching TV. But then like the second someone steps on the stage, I think this is kind of like watching TV, except it's happening right in front of me. And <laughs> there there's live people doing TV, but it's on a stage. And this is really cool. And you can't see this at home. So this is maybe better. I so I, love I don't know. I, it sounds silly. No, but I love that whole thought process. It's kind of like TV, but they're here and they're live. And it's like they're doing live. <laughs> no, and also, I mean, we've all, there's nothing new about what I'm about to say. But, you know, there is nothing like theater. There's nothing like oh, yeah. dance. There's nothing like live performance because you're breathing the same air. You Anything you do as an audience member, even when you're not aware of it, affects what's happening on stage. You are in conversation with the people in that room. It's just, 
I'm a huge fan of TV. It's it, it it's it, we're in an extended golden. Not, it's not even golden. It's a golden couple decades now, um, <laughs> and it, that's great. But there's nothing like being in a room with other people experiencing that piece of art. And even when something goes wrong, so a friend of mine saw who was in town from DC saw the the Scottish play, uh, and I think I think that yes. was it. Where the night when it was almost none of the regular cast could go on because of COVID. And someone had just been told two hours ago, you're going on with a book. And he said, it was amazing. And the crowd was so with them. And I, I do wonder pre pandemic, whether or not the audience would have been that forgiving. Maybe that is such a Mm. fiasco, quote unquote, (laughs) in terms of who can go on and who can't. That maybe sure. people would have gone through the disappointment to the other side of like, well, this is going to be spectacular one way or another. Mm-hmm. But I still think maybe there's a generosity of spirit that audience members and, and artists maybe have have uh, acquired because of not being able to be in the room watching or not being able to perform or not being able to experience something. Maybe. Who knows? That's. Yeah. I think I think you're right. You you have such an amazing worldview on all of this. And even just in, in listening to interviews with you and reading things about you. And I want to know where it all kind of comes from. And so I would love to kind of go back to maybe a point earlier in your life or career where you realized that, you know, a life in the arts or, you know, mm. acting in general was, was meant for you. And we call it the Ring of Keys moment inspired by a song from Fun Home, if you're not familiar. Do you think you had like a moment where you thought, oh, okay, this is what I'm meant to do? Uh, there were a series of moments, but the first, I think the first time I realized how special, um, performance could be was fifth grade. I was old King Cole in the trial of mother goose. And I was one of the great fifth grade old King Coles. Um, oh, it's pivotal. They, yes. they still talk about it to this they day. They still do. Yes. <laughs> you know, whatever. I was putting Mother Goose on trial for defamation of character, and I, the details don't matter at this point. Uh, water <laughs> under the bridge. But, um, but we, I, I remember I did something, a, a prop or something. I think I couldn't get a, a piece of paper out of my pocket that it was a proclamation. And I, I was fumbling in a way that made the audience laugh. And I remember looking at the audience and thinking, what the hell was that? Like I just did something me generated from me by me and they laughed and it was incredible. I think that was, that was a life-changing moment realizing that it wasn't just the script. It was what I brought to performance or uh, I, uh, there's something about being alive in the moment, uh, an improvised, improvised moment and, um, and an audience responding that that was magical. Matt, that's it. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That was a that was a magical moment. And that's I don't think I I it took me a long time to to get to the point where I thought, oh, maybe I'll do this for a living. That probably was in high school. And even then, I didn't admit it to anybody because I didn't know anybody who was making a a career as an artist or an actor. I I took my biology teacher, Bill George, my biology biology teacher, my sophomore year in Washington, D.C. in high school. And he knew a lot of people who were actors uh, in New York. And I told him, and thank God, he said, I think you could make it. And it just, it meant the world to me. And actually what, so the first play I ever did at Manhattan Theater Club, maybe 10 years ago, called Of Good Stock. And 
he came up to see it. It was the first time he'd come up from DC to see a show that I was in. And we went out for drinks afterwards and I told him that story and he said, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's great. It's great. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, oh, that's so special. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you touch or uh, we're, yeah. I mean, I, um, when I do go back down to DC, cause I have a lot of friends there. I periodically stop. I've, it's been a long time, but um, I sometimes do panels for the for the high school. It's become sort of uh, oh, awesome. a little bit of a theater school in the years since I left. And they have a okay. great theater facility. We used to have to take over the gym and build theaters, but <laughs> fuck those kids. But, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll name it after you That's one right. day. That's right. Damn it. Yeah. Actually, Lee Silverman went there. Um, and, oh, wow. Uh, who you later? You, she directed you, right? She no, she well, she directed me in a play here, yeah, in the car yeah. uh, at primary stages. But she was a few years younger than me, much to my chagrin. Um, <laughs> Noah Robbins went there. Oh wow! Um, oh. oh shoot, I'm forgetting a couple people. But anyway, there were a number of a number of uh, theater people who've made it in theater from there. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so exciting. Awesome. Yeah. And they were probably all encouraged by that same biology teacher. You just never by heard. that same biology teacher. <laughs> and also Laura Rosberg, just in case she listens, um, she was uh, pivotal. She was the actual theater teacher. And she was, she's amazing, amazing as well. But anyway, but th- oh, that's, that's awesome. a period of time, right? Where you're looking for your community and you, if you're lucky enough, you find not only a safe place uh, to let your freak flag fly, but also people who who can nurture the talent that you may or may not have. Hopefully you have something. Right. Now, now many years down the road, did you have a moment? Cause I, I know you had like, you've done so many different parts. You were on Broadway with Denzel Washington. Was there ever a moment where you thought, Oh, I've, I've arrived. And this is, <laughs> this is like, I'm doing what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Here you go. When I was at the Oregon Shakespeare festival, um, 1992. I, I was there for two seasons. I had, when I was a kid, I'd seen shows there. I'd really, and it, it was a remarkable place. It still is a remarkable place. It had fairly recently won the Tony for Best Regional Theater. It's a glorious place. When I got there, I remember literally saying to someone, I was like, you know, because I'd had a few years of lean years, but not, not really, like maybe three or four. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I always kind of thought it would work fairly easily. I just, I was like, I, I, I wasn't being smug. I was trying, I thought I was being, I was actually being smug. I didn't think I was being smug. <laughs> right, right. And I don't, I think I barely worked for the next five years afterwards. Wow. My wife, who was dancing in LA, moved to New York to dance and I followed her, which was the smartest decision I ever made. If I'm going to be broken, depressed, I might as well do it with the person I think I want to marry it someday. And we are married uh, now. True love, true love survives and wins, it you know. It does. That's the real problem, uh, right, Kelly? Exactly. So coming to New York really helped, but it was it was slow. Uh, I, 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 as I've said, been saying recently, you got to. I had to embrace the tortoise. I was the tortoise, um, but New York was a much better place for me to be a tortoise than Los Angeles was, mm-hmm. because theater was my baby, and it still always is my. It's it's my first love. I love doing TV. And TV is so much more interesting now than it was 20 years ago. But um, maybe it pays a but, little better too. I'm just <laughs> it definitely pays a little better. Uh, but, but what's nice is that those of us who came to New York sort of realized, I mean, we all wanted to make some money. We all wanted to do TV and film, but we made the calculation that the one thing we can't live without is theater. Mm. So you come to New York. Uh, if you can live without theater, you don't necessarily come to New York. You do the other thing. 
And the, it, TV kind of caught up with us in a way, you know, there's so much content being generated here that you can do, you can do both. Pre-pandemic, I was able to still do a play a year and do the Americans same time as I was doing Billions. Most of the cable shows that shoot here don't shoot 22 to 24 episodes a season. They shoot 8 to 12, yeah. 8 to 13. So that helps too. Which uh, is a sweet spot, I think, for storytelling in a lot of seasons. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. I agree with that too. Oh my God, for sure. Where did the Americans film? It, it filmed about a 12-minute walk from where I live. It was awesome. It was in really? Gowanus. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to tell you, I watched it last summer with my parents and it was incredible television i mean was, yeah did you feel that while you were making it and you you know for the listeners who haven't watched the show yet you play the pivotal role it's pastor tim right mm-hmm. pastor tim i always say pastor ted because on the hit abc family teen drama series pretty little liars there's a pivotal pastor named pastor ted there Only- is the real ones will know but anyway kelly you're pastor tim and you, you um you do play this pivotal role in Paige's life, the daughter of the um the stars, because right. you know for a sh- and I at first when Paige's religious storyline was introduced, I was kind of like, what are they doing here? What's going on? Yeah. But then of course it clicked and made sense because it's a show mostly about you know faith and belief in general. So yeah. why wouldn't Paige be finding it in a in a different way? And then of course. The good pastor, he he was pretty resilient, wasn't he? <laughs> he yeah, stuck around. And, well, and the interesting thing is that what I appreciated about it was my dad was in politics in the 70s and 80s. And one of the things that he always talked about were, were these um, these religious communities and churches that were to the left of mainstream. But the moral majority took over. And all we think about now, really, in, in terms of uh, a Christian political uh activists are very much on the right. Yeah. I loved that Pastor Tim came from a church that I kind of recognized stumping with my dad when he was up for election and everything. Activist, humanist, and and very accepting and liberal. So that was kind of cool. Also, Paige didn't know that her parents were Soviet spies who were very much on the left of the spectrum. And there was one scene where I actually told, I, I gave Paige a book written by Karl Marx saying, oh, you're going to find this really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like at that point, she already <laughs> found out about her parents. So the the irony was was pretty delicious. And yeah, I, I, to answer that question, I think you were asking it first, because I do tend to ramble, as you've noticed. But so I. I, <laughs> was, I knew we got along. <laughs> um, it was my favorite show on TV. I didn't join till late season two. And it was my favorite show on TV, which is why I knew I was going to fuck up the audition. Uh. Um, and thank God I didn't. Right. And uh, Rory Bergman and uh, Carly Fumalant were the ones who uh, were in charge of uh, those are local casting directors uh, who were in charge of that. And they brought in a lot of theater actors. They brought to, and they still do to shows that they cast. And I give her a lot of credit for making me feel comfortable in the room. I auditioned with this long sermon and then a scene where Philip is about to kill me. and me the the key was how to deliver that sermon in a way that wasn't traditionally churchy and to meet that person who's about to kill you in a way that was uh, somewhat unexpected and her influence her support in those moments in that long rehearsal uh, or audition <laughs> i call it a, that that's interesting that's um, yeah, yeah, Freudian yeah. because because yeah. it felt like a rehearsal and her support in that moment was actually really pivotal. I remember one time, like she was just off to the right in my eyesight 
And I remember seeing a giant smile on her face and it was moving up and down. So I was like, oh, she's nodding. Okay, Uh, so I'm doing well. And it was just, yeah, it was great. Support like that. That's the kind of thing that makes me feel like, and this is connected to what I was saying before, at least in my brain, um, (laughs) the TV world in New York has some of that that element of 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 what I was always looking for in theater back in high school and and before there's something there's some supportive community and I don't know because I haven't spent enough time in LA to know if it exists there but I my, my I suspect it doesn't quite as much mm-hmm. now you mentioned the um the theater community kind of being part of some of the television projects you've done and this isn't LA, but you were in Atlanta in, was it fall of, was it just this past fall filming The Girl from Plainville? Savannah, actually. Savannah, that's what it was. Right. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Because, you know, yeah. well, maybe you, you didn't know this because I, I I don't know how much you know about us, Kelly, <laughs> but we had Colton Ryan on our podcast a couple times and actually oh. him on Saturday yes, at, at Which Way to the Stage, right, the play yeah. that's now my favorite play I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to him that I haven't seen The Girl from Plainville yet. But, you know, if anyone could get me to watch something with a true crime angle, it might be cool. Right, right, right. Can I tell you, he's next level good mm-hmm. in this. And the three people I'll say that, everyone's great. I, I was very proud to be part of that cast. Fantastic, fantastic cast. Chloe Seveny has always been one of my acting gods. Always so just strange and wonderful. And like, uh, if you're... I'm always swept away. So it's only afterwards that I think, what the fuck? How did yeah. you think of that? <laughs> the um, most singular type of actor. Yes. A hundred percent. But Elle Fanning is great. But I'll say Colton Ryan is he, like next level good in this. And it's a difficult topic. Yeah. It's definitely a difficult topic. But it's done with such restraint and such care that I really think it works. It's not for shock value ever. No, no. And it's not, it's not leading you by the hand. Mm-hmm. It's not beating you over the head. It's not um, proselytizing. It, it's just, it's a really fascinating study. Um, Definitely. And I'm, yeah, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of it. Cause, and I'm not usually a true crime affectionado as you and I were, you were saying <laughs> right. before we got on. I, I'm not either. Um but I really, really, really am proud of this piece. Well, I, Dylan, will proudly say that I am a true crime aficionado. And so this was, this is like the best of both worlds for me because the the HBO documentary, I Love You, Now Die, yeah. is very hard to watch in a way that yeah. was just, it's more brutal than this is. This is, I mean, it, obviously this is six, or it was, sorry, it's only been six episodes so far, but there's going to be eight episodes. You really right. flesh it out. And all the performances are great, but it is such a comfort to see you as the detective on this show, because there's sort of like this, you mentioned dramatic irony earlier, because we know where this is all going. Those of us who followed the case or, or know anything about it. Oh, they set it up like you don't know what happened at first. Like they really play it out. Like, um, no, I mean, like in, in like what happens to Michelle, Oh, okay. not, okay. not, not necessarily okay. what happens to Coco, but when you, that scene with you at the baseball diamond is one of my favorite ones that that you're in where you're talking to these local teen girls. It is so, it is so good. You did, you, you really should be proud of this. Of this. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. That was a, uh, it's, it's so hard to, to talk about fun days of shooting something like this, mm. but you know, you have to be in the moment you're doing your job. Uh, we're working on a piece. And so, yes, um, subject matter aside, we had a fun time working on this a number of time, number of days, 
that was a particularly fun one um, working with them uh, and, you know, <laughs> everyone's there to see it's in, and it was in Savannah. It was the middle of summer and I'm hot. wearing a suit. It was so <laughs> fucking hot and everyone's wearing whatever you wear to a, to a, a, a softball game in the middle of summer. And I show up in this suit and it's just, I pop down and the look that those two give me mm-hmm. in that moment, is kind of like, the hell is this perv doing uh-huh. <laughs> and then when the one clocks the badge though it's it's amazing what they're willing yeah. to reveal you know and and, yeah. and your warmth as an actor comes through in that moment too because like oh i probably want to share some things with this guy because he's not coming across as an asshole you know well that's nice to know okay good that no that's actually that's 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 nice to know definitely and they're and they were so great but the directors we worked with i mean it was it was ugh. Will we see you again in the, because there's, you kind of were more featured in the early episodes. Yeah. I'm, it's sort of like the law and order paradigm. I was the law side and then <laughs> it moves over to the, to the order side when yeah. Aya Cash takes over. Um, oh, that's uh, great. And, uh, she is great. Yeah. And she's another person I've known since the early days in theater and we've never done anything together. And first day on set, when we had a scene together from across the room, she was like, Kelly O'Coy. So I was like, oh my God. But uh, yeah, I, I am around a little bit. I do. She, she grills me on the stand. And, okay, good. My favorite um, types of scenes. Love it. Oh, well, uh, yeah, And now I want to no. watch. You're making you me need to watch. watch. It's, it's, it's not, it's not gratuitous in any way. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really, okay. it's beautifully done. Is, is Elle Fanning a method actor? <laughs> is she a Jared Leto, your other co-star? <laughs> oh, that's, re- that's a fascinating question. So yeah. So Jared was, was Adam. Uh, on set, Adam Newman, um, and we the character he was playing, and we crashed every moment. And I only had one scene with him. I was doing other other things, playing this character, Scott Galloway, real life person. Right, right. Um, L. So I won't. I, I'm not going to say that this is how she always does stuff because, but in terms of when I saw her, when we weren't shooting, she was herself, uh, or what I know of her, and um, and goofy and and open and funny and. But as soon as the camera started, it was like, and the transformation was amazing. And I find both types of actors, I find insanely fascinating to watch because her commitment to her character is a hundred percent, just as hundred percent as like, I think the conventional wisdom, popular culture would think that method actor who's always for that whole three months they're shooting, they're always the character is the one who's really committing. And yes, sure, they are fully committing, but there are also people who can drop in mm-hmm. and drop in really deep. And she's somebody who can drop in really, really deep mm-hmm. like that. And that's probably because of her preparation and, sure. and everything. But it was really fun to work with her. And it oh, yeah. did conversations with her offset or when the camera wasn't rolling were really different from the conversations the character, her character and my character were having. And, oh, uh, I can imagine whatever there there's an alchemy there there's a magic there that i always love too i I just i I do i love i love actors i love their processes i love i i just i love everything about the the process in the different mediums as long as people are willing to love everyone else's processes Mm -hmm. that's the thing when your process gets in the way of everyone else's that becomes an issue to me yes 
because you're not playing ball. I play basketball, so that's my my main metaphor. Okay, okay. Is we love sports references. We do. We, we do. do. We, I, we accept all references. <laughs> but we're, the, we're all inclusive pod. I, but I do like like team basketball. Like I that that was my sport. Like we maybe because we didn't have everyone good enough to be um, you know a Michael Jordan. But the, okay, here's an interesting metaphor. The the person who has just in team ball, person who has just passed the basketball is the most dangerous person for the defense on the court because everyone forgets about that person. Mm. And so that is the person who's probably open for the interesting shot. And that all that means is that you as a teammate have to be aware that, yes, oh, I was just given this great thing by you, but now you might be open for something even more interesting. And that Mm. is the same with acting. Like I give you something and now you – Oh, that might open you up for something. I, I don't think sports metaphors and acting metaphors are uh, 100% um, malleable, <laughs> but there are that's times right. when it works. Um, and that's, that's mine. Mm-hmm. Now, you just you played two real people now in these, this most recent project. Both named Scott and both with oh, a last name uh, initial G. Weird, right? Wow. Wow. Have you heard from them? I have become friendly with uh, Scott Galloway on We Crashed. Actually, okay, um, very cool. Yeah, it's it's really fun. He's he's a great guy and a fascinating. I'm also I grew up in a political family, right? Right, and so he he his podcasts and and videos talk about politics and tech and and culture and society and and finance. So there's a billions and a my family kind of connection there. Uh, so that's been fun. I have not met uh, Scott Corden. No. Sure. Okay. I'm going to have to have you back again for whatever your next big project is. We, Hopefully it's on stage. Yes. If you'll, if you'll come back to us, we would love that Kelly. That would be so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for chatting with us. We want to let you go, but before that, we like to end on our titular segments, the dose of drama, something to leave our listeners with something to go out into the world and think about consume to really ponder as they go about their lives and, you know, I, I had a dose of drama coming in, but I'm changing it. This happens all the time. I know. This really does. This really does. Live podcasting. Live podcasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Live in-person podcast. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Energy in the room. I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm playing ball, Kelly. I'm playing ball. <laughs> um, Dylan passed it to me and I'm picking it up. And now no one knows what's going to happen. But, you know, Gossip Girl, the OG series really is amazing to me. You know, I'm showing my hand today. I love Gossip Girl. I love Pretty Little Liars. I'm gay, but Kelly, what do you remember from being on, was it one episode of Gossip Girl? I was on two episodes and it was supposed to be more. Um, I was going to be, at least the word I got was, who knows what it was supposed to, but somebody told me it was going to be more and I was going to be, what's his name's uh, 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 lawyer for a while, a recurring character. I don't know who was the brooding guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ed Westwood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Chuck Bass. Chuck okay. Bass. Yeah, he was Chuck. Like the... It was Chuck. Yeah, oh, Chuck's lawyer. Oh my god. Well, that's like a twenty-two episode, you know, scripted I know. drama series. So I feel like, I mean, every season of Gossip Girl slumps like episode like fifteen to twenty-two <laughs> actually, but not for lack of trying. Well, it was on the CW. So they probably right? just lost the plot in the writers' room. That's probably it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there could be no other reason that it wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, they wanted you there. I love it. Maybe you'll be on the new Gossip Girl, kind of like how you appear on many Law and Orders throughout the years, you know? 
Yeah, um, I that would be great. I, I prefer to refer to them as the laws and order. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, and every time I put that in my bio, it gets edited mm-hmm. to the other thing because mm-hmm. I don't know the theaters don't have a sense of humor. I guess. I, some, yeah, one of it said like um, one of the bios that I was reading said, and it's various suffixes. Yeah, the laws and order. Many laws and order of various suffixes. Yes. Uh, come on, I that's funny. That was clever. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. I, I changed it to extended universe, but you know, it's all it's all. One of the I, same. I, I noticed you did that, and actually, that fits. Yeah. Uh, that fits. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, my dose of drama is breaking in real time that Elon Musk bought Twitter, oh. and I don't know what this is going to mean. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time to talk about it. Rumor has it he's going to let Trump back onto Twitter. He's going to loosen the free speech, the blocking, and all this stuff. Let's just hope that he just forgets about it, like he forgets about most of the things he claims he's going to do, and just leaves it be. Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Although Twitter is very broken, so <laughs> no, aren't we all? Broken? I just don't think we need an edit button because you know people will then constantly be revising the things that are out there and yeah. just tweet and you know, if you need to delete it and redo it just do I that agree. or but, apologize I, I mean i i can't tell you or how many yeah. even just in terms because i'm the typo king um i, I have so mm. many tweets where i'm like <laughs> yes i fucking know i misspelled blah blah right. blah um <laughs> but no that's a good one and i'm worried about it too because twitter is my main uh, outlet partially exactly, because yeah. like the humor that my friends and i always appreciated was this, this sort of like a humor of brevity and so uh, sure. we, we make each other laugh with few characters. It's a yeah. challenge. Yes, exactly. Like a haiku. Now, Kelly, do you have a dose of drama with us? <laughs> haiku. Something maybe that you're thinking about or want to promote or um, recommend? I think, I don't know. I, I, I vacillated about this. There's so many things I would talk about uh, for another hour. But uh, I guess I guess one of the things, because since we're, we're, we're going a little political here, um, get involved. Get involved. You think it doesn't involve you. Everything involves you. And if the last five years haven't convinced you of that, um, Mm -hmm. then I don't know what to tell you. Use whatever platform you have to speak out and uh, ignore the people who say stay in your lane, actor, because fuck you. This is my lane. I'm an American citizen. And if you don't have what you think is a big platform, then sweat equity. Just get involved. Get involved Mm -hmm. because it's precarious. Voting rights would be the, the, the one of the things I would say that and at the local level, don't ignore the local level, because those are the people gerrymandering. Now I'm getting into OK, but those, no, yeah, but no, those right, are the wait. people who are gerrymandering our federal um, people out of office. Yes. If you are of the liberal persuasion and I am of the liberal persuasion, if you're not, then you're going to say you're going to laugh at me. Well, I don't but know if many of our it, listeners aren't. So that, well, you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. But if you are, then you need to know that we are in danger. We are the majority. Mm-hmm. We don't have a voting majority. Right. And that's because I think too many of us are afraid to get involved and afraid that we think we think that compromise um, is a dirty word, but it is a process. Everything is a process. Get involved. Thank Amazing. You. That's great. Yeah. From the son of a politician to, yeah. to everyone's ears. Yeah. And everyone should, of course, follow you on Twitter that you mentioned. You're Kelly O'Coin77 on Twitter. And you're also on Instagram. Everyone should check out the girl from Plainville as well as We Crash and all of your credits. The Americans. Maybe. Must, yeah. Yeah. Revisit must. that. Kelly, this was so much fun. Thank you for chatting with us. Today. You guys are awesome. This is so much fun. Thank you. Oh, oh of yay. course. Of course. And while you're following Kelly, follow us. We're at the Drama Podcast. I'm Dylan McDowell. Connor's at Connor McDowell. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.